Hey there, Soul Fam. Welcome back to another episode of the Even Though Podcast. I'm your host, Coach P, or as some may know me as Plain Old Patricia. We're here today with episode seven, and I know that I always say it, but it's true. I'm excited. I'm excited because today I have a great guest. It's a fellow podcaster and the host of the podcast called Easy Conversations like EZ conversations. And we actually got to know each other through our streaming service, believe it or not. And, um, you know, I had a listen to some of his episodes and I thought there was, it was just some great content. So I decided to reach out and say, hey, let's do some of this together. And he agreed. So, hey. So the podcast um, itself is a podcast to normalize hard conversations. It talks about like adversities, struggles with mental health, feeling alone and facing tough decisions. Really, the podcast is just refreshing, if I can say anything about it myself. I think that it's fantastic that there is... Um, somebody who is having these conversations not only with people in general but also with men because it's not really something that's talked about widely i know that more and more you know every day there's definitely a turn towards the normalization of uh, what it means to struggle with mental health or having to have tough conversations so I really appreciate the podcast. And this conversation is just packed with some great little tidbits, I have to say. So go grab those earbuds, pop them in, and please welcome my guest, Frickin' Dandia. So thank you for being here. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. And uh, I would love to know, as I ask everybody, what's your even though statement? Even though I've uh, had childhood wounds, it is my responsibility to evolve and embrace the past, but not let it define my future. Wow. Very good. (laughs) (laughs) very very good that is such a tough one that that took me a couple of years of uh you know coaching and eft and trauma therapy Mm -hmm. to get to right the idea that (sighs) there's something about sitting in uh the victim seat for just a second Mm-hmm. And kind of letting it all soak in and feel mm-hmm. it. And I think that there's something that's super, super important with sitting in that seat. But then it's a matter of how long do you want to stay there? Right. I think that what do you what do you think? What are your feelings on sitting, sitting there and uh how it has affected or changed you? Well, I think uh <clears throat> sitting in the victim victim chair can be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, takes the pressure off. Yeah. Um, it's, it's in the moment or, you know, without taking a step back, it's easy to blame others. Right. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but you're, you're losing your, uh, agency by doing that. Like 
even though it's easy, you're, 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 you're giving away your freedom. You're, you're, you're not liberated. And the second you can realize that, you know, this, this is, yeah, this is comfortable, but my growth is only going to happen in the discomfort of it. And that's accepting, accepting whatever happened and forgiving yourself and having that um, grace for yourself that, yeah, things happened or whatever, uh, things will continue to happen. And it's not my fault, but it is my responsibility to take action. Love it. And, and the way, and I think uh, I have this quote on my website by Maya Angelou, and it's somewhere along the lines of, uh, I'm obviously going to butcher it, but the, the, the gist of it is, you know, circumstances in life happen, they're not your fault, but the way you rise and, and react is totally in your control, right? And I, and that's a constant reminder for myself uh, on a daily basis. And my goal is to make it a consistent practice. And, and I think that's what I'm striving for is uh, how I choose to uh, react to life's situations. I love it. I love it. I mean, I, I'm an EFT practitioner, as you know, mm-hmm. and the whole, the whole premise on, on what I do for a living and how this has helped me in my life is basically having that understanding that life's going to continue to happen. Mm-hmm. There's no stopping it. And it doesn't matter who you are and, and whether you're successful or not successful or, you know, have a, a yoga practice or any of these other things. Mm-hmm. It's all a matter of how you're able to cope with whatever comes at you. Yeah. yeah. And, and that sense of what I have come to know as emotional freedom like Mm -hmm. I am free from I'm gonna have the moments where I'm sad about something I'm mad about something I'm this that and the other about something but Mm -hmm. how do I react exactly what happens in the body what happens in the mind so yeah that was that was beautiful thank you yeah and, and and I'm glad you make that distinction of accepting that uh there are things that are going to happen where you're going to be sad and I think that's where there's this confusion or, or people start saying, Oh, toxic positivity. And yes. I think choosing to react and choosing positivity is not toxic because, and that's why I like to make that distinction that accept whatever happened, give yourself that time. And if it's a couple of days or, you know, a few hours, sit in it, be sad about it, yeah. uh, feel all your emotions, but don't let that define you. Right. So, so if something happens and you're sad, yeah, that's completely normal. Uh, and, and what I want people to understand is don't tell yourself that, Oh, I'm not supposed to feel sad right now because people, other people have it worse, or I should be grateful for so many things and I'm not going to feel this emotion. And that's where it bottles up. And, and I can understand why it's called toxic positivity. But yeah. if you're feeling that emotion, and you're really sitting in it, and then you're choosing to do something different. That's the goal. I love it. I love it. And it, it's, it's, it's interesting. And I think that there's this uh, confusion on language, you know, when somebody says, you know, the, the idea of coming to an acceptance of something, number one, and being positive about something, number two. Mm-hmm. And there's, I think this, that is where the confusion lies of, 
So are you telling me that I need to accept that somebody treated me poorly and then just, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, well, to a certain degree, yeah, you're accepting it, quote unquote, accepting it, but you have your boundaries to set. Mm -hmm. You know, if this is somebody in your life where you need to kind of put them on the outside of the fence in order to not be treated a certain way, then that needs to happen. But learning uh, when those behaviors come in at you, understanding that it's really not about you, mm-hmm. unless it is, because I mean, at some point in life, you'll realize that sometimes it is. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, ultimately, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think the everyone's dealing with something right and the way they decide to show up and project it onto others is their choice yeah. I, I do agree like I, I I think a lot of times when people do things to you that it is it's not about you it's about them um, yeah. uh, even if they believe you've done something terrible uh, and they choose to do something to you or they think you're a terrible person I still think that's, it's still about them because if you're a person who's able to forgive, or if you're a person who's content with yourself, or if you're a person who's wanting to constantly grow, you can have that dialogue with yourself saying, Hey, you know, I can't control what other people do. The only thing I can control is myself and how I choose to show up. Yeah. Easier said than done. Um, Uh, Obviously. I mean, like when, you know, like people feel emotions like, so if someone's going to hurt me, obviously I'm going to feel it. And, and I'm not always going to respond the way I want to. And that's why I talk about consistency. And for me, that's the goal <clears throat> is yeah. to consistently apply, consistently apply these practices and, and showing up in a certain way. And I don't get it right all the time. And that is okay. Cause the yeah. goal isn't perfection. The goal is for me, like I said, is consistency. Yeah. No, that's, that's also beautifully put it. It's interesting because I think starting on this journey myself, there is like just this constant grab, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, out of sheer desperation, something's going to give, something's going to work. I'm going to find it. I don't know what it is, but it's going to. Mm-hmm. And once I found something that did work for me um, and, you know, it could be different for everybody is staying consistent with it, staying consistent Mm -hmm. with all of the routines that nourish your mental well-being Mm -hmm. and your process. If that's, you know, constantly revisiting what boundaries mean to you Mm -hmm. in in a healthy and safe way, if Mm -hmm. it means, you know, uh, sitting there and talking to somebody, whether it be a therapist, a coach, a EFT practitioner, whatever it is, and getting through the traumas that have affected you in life to, to kind of come to that realization that, you know, there, there is a trauma response here of some sort and I'm getting through it. Mm -hmm. And I, I love the statement of, you know, I'm not striving for perfection Mm because gosh, I, I do remember a time myself where I was like that imposter syndrome comes in and Mm -hmm. it's like, I, I can't start my coaching business because I'm still, I still have so much of my own crap to deal with. Mm -hmm. I, how would anybody come to me if, you know, how could I be a teacher if I'm still the student Mm -hmm. and finally coming to that realization that 
there really is no perfection. The no, and the teacher. We're all students of life. Yeah. We're, all stu- yeah. we're all constantly learning, right? So it's having that mindset that we don't have all the answers and thereby there's there's this expectation that I should have all the answers mm. so I can help others. And yes. that's not what it is. We're all students and we're all learning from each other. Um, and that's how I look at it. You know, like everyone I know or I meet, I'm like, what can I learn from this person? Right. And, and that's my goal is with people I, I surround myself is I want them to bring value in the sense of teaching me something. Right. And, and that's where I draw, excuse me, draw my boundaries is if someone's not bringing that value into my life, I question their existence, you know, and, and I don't mean it like as like, Oh, I'm so much better. And I no, it's about, um, I I talk a lot about energies Mm. and, and for me, if someone's bringing in negative energy, um, it depends to what capacity, you know, if they're struggling with something and, and they need help and they're able to articulate that great. But if they're just bringing in negative energy to bring others down, because if they're not happy with how things are in their lives, I just, that's not the type of energy I surround myself with. Yeah. Um, and, and it's taken me a long time to, to understand that. And I talk a lot about <clears throat> purpose as well. And I feel like everyone serves a purpose in your life and someone's purpose may be just 30 seconds. You run into them. Uh, they say something nice, you say something nice, and that's it. You never see them again. Uh, and some people could be in your life forever. Um, so it's really having everyone has a purpose and you're serving a purpose in someone else's life too. So that's how we kind of all connect, right? That's how I look at it. Yeah. I, I've also coming to the understanding that sometimes your absence can serve a purpose as well Yes, or, or vice versa. That was something that for sure for me took me quite a while um, to really adjust to. There was Mm -hmm. this idea that you're not a good, uh, you're not a good brother or sister, friend or daughter, if you just kind of leave people out on their butts, right? And it's so, so, so important now, like I talk about, I share it on my social media, I talk about it with clients is protecting your energy. And how important that is, because when, yeah. once you let people into that field, that's extra work for you, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. I need to tune my own stuff. And then you come in here and I need to tune yours too. It's like, no, that's too much. Mm-hmm. You do your work. I'll do mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. we'll leave it at that, right? So sure. definitely the fine tune of that and how willing or finding out when I'm in a in a good emotional place to be able to be like, okay, yeah, I can go out into the world this way today and allow, mm-hmm. you know, X amount of people into this, this space or X type of people into this space. Uh, and then there's sometimes where there's a lot of things going on at once and you're like, no, I need to just be in my space. Absolutely. And that's it. Yeah. And, and you don't need to apologize for it because it's yes. your energy. And that's where, <laughs> yes. that's where, the boundaries come in and a lot of people struggle with accepting it. And for me, I'm at a point right now in my life where I talk about, I've started using the term emotional bandwidth and there's only so much I have. And for me, a a huge portion of that emotional bandwidth is invested in my son. 
And in my life right now, he's my number one priority. And he takes up a significant portion of that emotional bandwidth because my role as a father is very crucial to me. It's something I find a lot of purpose in and I really enjoy taking on that role. And it's like any job, right? If you want to do it well, you've got to put all your focus into it, right? And it's like professional athletes. They train, they, they're disciplined so that at the end of the day, they can go out there and perform. Yeah. And for me to perform as a dad, there's a lot of stuff I need to do on myself. And, and like I said, having that emotional bandwidth and I don't have time for anything else. And I'm okay with that. Because this is this is just a phase of my life where this is what I want to do and this yeah. is what I want to achieve. So, so I started. <clears throat> if something feels like it's taking too much of my bandwidth, I remove myself from that situation, and that could be uh, friends, could be partners, could be family. Um, if it's not helping me become a better dad uh, or contributing to it, in any capacity, I remove myself. Uh, and, and it's been working well, because I feel like I have so much more to give to my son when I do see him. Um, and I'm not getting like that energy is not getting sucked out of me. Yes, I love that. I'm I'm a boy mom, I have three yeah. sons. So yeah, I feel you. I don't know how how young is your son? He's oh, eight, eight. Great. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> My youngest is about to turn 10. My oldest is 18. So it's like that in of itself mm-hmm. is where my emotional bandwidth is completely taken up. So mm-hmm. I feel you. And I love that phrase. I'm going to use that, by the way. <laughs> I always use um, in, in, you know, in my training and all that, we, we learned the phrase, uh, the window of tolerance, like I'm Mm -hmm. in my window of tolerance. Some people have just a peephole and the, the goal is to kind of expand your window of tolerance to a, you know, a nice sized window that you can look Mm -hmm. through and operate in life through a nice emotional state or emotionally stable state. But I like the bandwidth idea. I really like this because it's like, there's this control of, or a sense of your own power when you put these type of phrases and these type of quotes to mm-hmm. parts in your life where you're like, no, this is a reminder. You're taking yeah. up too much of my bandwidth. And now my image is getting fuzzy. So no, <laughs> out you go. Yeah. And I love it. I yeah, love exactly. It. It's like, uh, it's like branding, right? Like you, you see the Nike swoosh, you're like, okay, just do it. Right. So, uh, it's, yeah, like you said, like for me, uh, having these phrases, um, and, and over the past several years, it's kind of like, I go through these phases where, you know, like for me right now, managing my emotional bandwidth is my number one priority in six months. It might be something different, but I feel like as I evolve and as I grow, there's different uh, things I want to focus on. Um, and, and this is what is my focus right now. I love it. I love it. I, it's also super refreshing. I know I try not to bring in the difference with, with 
you know, gender and all of that in, in this field of work, but I think it's so important because I've had three male clients in all of my career. Majority of my clients and majority of the people in this field are, are females coaching therapy. Well, there's a lot of psychology, male psychologists out there, but I, I find that even just if you look at the statistics of, you know, who spends their money in this industry, in the yoga classes, the this, that, and the other, and the majority of it is the women. And I love that you address this on your podcast and that you have like a good plethora of male guests on there who share in this and it gives me hope Mm -hmm. that this isn't like things are just getting better absolutely yeah and that's the goal is to is to you know um and myself included you know like there's a uh kind of what propelled me in this direction was uh going through the motions myself and and not feeling vulnerable and uh trying to put up this facade of having a being a man who's got it together and you know like um, things are great and you know I'm the successful guy everything's good family whatever and and there's only it's it's an internal battle every day and why 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 would you choose that suffering when you can just be yourself and and you know accept the fact that yeah there's flaws uh things aren't perfect and they never will be it's it's about living every day learning making the mistakes and learning from them and if you're not learning that's where the problem is but if you continue to learn that's what life is right and i hope by having these amazing guests i've been fortunate enough to have on my podcast other men can uh relate uh, you know, and, and everyone's struggle is different. Some people struggle with addiction. Some people str- struggle with childhood trauma. Some people struggle with uh, being parents or, or just being spouses. And that's my hope by having such a diverse um, kind of discussion with men that other men can relate and, and realize that they're not alone. And we're all trying to figure it out and it's okay to ask for help. And that's why I try to normalize therapy as much as I can, because um, for the longest time, even for me, there's that stigma around going for, for therapy. And my, um, in my mind, for some reason, I had this blocker that if I go for therapy, I'm accepting that there's something wrong with me. Yeah. 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 And, and it's getting past that stigma that's made a huge difference. And, and by repeating it and talking about it, I hope other people can also recognize. And, and I try to like use an analogy, right? Like it's like, and I think I've used it in the past, but it's like your car. Mm. Regardless of what kind of car you're driving, it needs to be serviced. Whether it's every three months or every six months, you need to take it in or the car is going to break down. Yeah. And that's how I look at therapy. You need that tuning every now and then uh, just to get your 
your mind on the right track to challenge your mindset and, and have someone just listen to you. And in our lives, we have friends and family and partners, but they often have a, uh, they may already have a preconceived judgment or perspective and they may not be able to give you a really neutral or fair outlook um and and it's good to have that therapist that could just sit there across from you and and really challenge what you're thinking there's no bias there they're able to identify your blind spots and and off you go you go work on it and and that's kind of the the journey for for me at least yeah i i could it, it, I love that you bring that up uh, because I've always said it's like you, you know, I can go and talk to my homegirl about how I've gone through this situation. And even if I was the one who was at fault, quote unquote, mm-hmm. fault in the story, she's my friend. Mm-hmm. She's still going to have my back. Mm-hmm. So am I gaining anything from this or is it just kind of me? conveniently looking for that point in my pocket of yeah don't worry you're okay so I think going to see a coach like somebody who has that type of relationship with you therapist coach whatever it is that you Mm -hmm. however it is that you choose having that neutral ground of I'll be honest when I'm talking to my clients their well-being is of utmost importance to me because that's what mm-hmm. they pay me for, mm-hmm. right? Like could, if, if they paid me for an oil change and all I did was put an air freshener on the mirror, there'd be some issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some issues, right? So yes, their well-being is important to me. And sometimes their stories and whatever, it does emotionally get me, you know, at times. Sometimes I am in tears with, with them, But I also have that ability to separate and say, it's not my life, it's yours. You need to do what you need to do in order to get this result, right? Mm -hmm. Same way I need to do what I need to do to get the result. Mm -hmm. So when the relationship is that way, I think it makes a huge difference because there is no bias. There is no, it's not going to affect me on a personal level if you know, my client chooses to do or not to do what it is that we had planned out for them. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So if it's somebody like a friend or a partner, especially a partner, then it's very different. You have an emotional attachment to the outcome of whatever this is. Exactly. And whatever, you know, I love the fact that my, my partner, you know, he, he's just kind of getting into this world where I, (laughs) where I am right now and how sometimes it can be really icky. And it's like, sometimes you'll be like, this stuff sucks. I Mm -hmm. I don't like this. And I'm like, I know I got it. And time and time again, I'll be the first person to be like, you need your own person to, you know, talk shit about me too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Sometimes you need to just get that off your chest yeah so i i love that you bring that up it's a super important thing i think for all of us whether you're a man a woman whatever it is that you identify as to have your own little 
I call them my, my support teams. My Yeah. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's sometimes just that shift in perspective or mindset that you need, uh, you know, and I try to apply that with my clients as well. And the people I work with is, you know, they'll come in uh, all worked up and upset about a situation. And, and all you do is you show them a different, from a different lens and yeah, immediately you could see the, you know, where they're escalated and they just come down and it's like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't think about that. It's like, yeah. oh, well, you don't know for sure. Right. And, and at the end of the day, even if someone is being a terrible person to you, uh, and we talked about this, how are you going to respond? What is the legacy you want to leave behind? How do you want to be known? Uh, think about that. You know, you could easily retaliate or have that mindset of an eye for an eye, but how are you any better than this person you're upset with? And uh, just having those conversations, myself included, you know, uh, like I said, I, I, it's easier said than done. And I constantly have to remind myself that, Hey, how do I want to show up here? And, and, uh, and, you know, what kind of legacy do I want to leave, leave behind? Yeah. And it's, so I think the three human beings in my life that test that for me the most would be my, my boys, my, my yeah. sons and all three of them because of their age and just you know, the amount of time that it took me on my own journey to get to where I'm, I am today, all three of them had a different type of mother. Mm-hmm. You know, my oldest still has his own things to deal with in regards to me mm-hmm. and where I was at when I had him. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so there is that you show up differently you know, when it comes to that, that whole, I love that you say what type of legacy and understanding that it takes time and that you sometimes do have to remind people around you that that's the way I used to be, or that's how I used to react, but don't worry. Like, you know, that having, I've had that moment, that conversation with my oldest to just turn around and be like, okay, I get where you're coming from. I know that that's what you're expecting from me, but did I show that or did I display that in this scenario? No. Okay, cool. So let's, you know, this is where we have that push and pull of, do you think that maybe we can show up a little bit differently going mm-hmm. forward? Right. And just having that awareness because nobody, I, I say this all the time when I'm with a client is remember when you go home, your, the rest of your family or the people who surround you were not in this session with you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's going to take a little bit of extra care and a little bit of extra patience for the world around you to kind of settle down and settle in. And I, I, I do that with my own kids on a regular basis. They're like, mm-hmm. I'm their client. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> daily basis. They, they definitely put me in my spot. Real yeah. quick, real yeah. quick. So, yeah, we're interesting creatures too, right? Like, I think we, we obviously, if a person has showed up a certain way in our lives, we create these protective mechanisms to not let ourselves get hurt yeah. again or, or whatever it was. And, and unfortunately, you know, even if that person's trying to make a change, we've already labeled them as this in our head. We're like, nope. I'm going to protect myself. 
I'm not going to give this person an opportunity. And, and, you know, if, if you, you have to take a step back and, and ask yourself, like, if I was in their shoes and I'm really trying hard to learn from my mistakes and make a change, what kind of opportunity would I want? Right. And that's a very slippery slope because sometimes people, uh, you know, at the end of the day, they're your your boundaries, right? And if someone's crossed your boundaries in a certain way and you don't want to let them in or you want to, you know, keep them on the outside, that's fine too. It's really asking yourself, what am I willing to risk here? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So many good aha moments I'm having right now. I love it. I love that. And I, again, the, the perspective, right? Like the different perspectives. I feel like we can probably do another three or four episodes on, on different topics, but um, what's, if, if you have like, what, what is your major message, your, your goal in everything that you're doing? right now as far as being a coach and and having the podcast like what's your mission what is it that you want to share with the world right now uh i mean that's a a tough (laughs) question i haven't really put a lot of thought into it um other than the fact that i just um i mean i i mean this sounds very cliche but I I want to help people but that help looks different for different people so um but I guess my ultimate goal is to create a space where people can feel comfortable asking for help support and uh this freedom around making mistakes and learning um and, and that could again look different for 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 different people, but it's creating this container where, you know, I can feel safe uh, expressing myself, being vulnerable, and asking for help. Yeah. With with no fear of judgment or or shame. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I know that. I think a lot of people operate out of that. Like that is the, that comes from childhood where it's like, please, no fear, no judgment. You know what I mean? That fear of judgment and shame. Um, and I don't really think that it really matters what you identify as. Cause I mean, I've been a she, her all my life. And I know for a fact that for me, I always had this idea that I had to be tough and like, stick up for myself and you know that whole idea and I for a very long time told others that I didn't care what they thought or felt about me but man was that deeply rooted was it so so deeply rooted that I I did care and everything that I did was to make sure that I wasn't being judged on what I was doing in life right yeah, I, it, it takes, it takes a lot. <laughs> it takes a lot to get through that and, and really kind of have that understanding of, oh no, I really don't care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really don't care what you think of me because mm-hmm. my well being is at this point right now where it's like, 
it's a it it's priority number one. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. priority number one. It the mental well being comes first. My kids are right there, you know, mm-hmm. and and then everything else comes after in whatever order it has to be in mm-hmm. the day, right? Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, and I mean, for me, a lot of the work I uh, try to do, especially with men, is is really the childhood stuff. I truly believe in it. Um, and I don't know if it's me being biased um, based on my own experiences, but I think for majority uh, people, the, the, the challenges or the struggle really started in childhood. And like you said, it's deeply rooted. And um, I think that's where it all starts. And, you know, we constantly keep repeating these behaviors and these patterns and, you know, deep down we may have an idea, but if we don't really sit down and do the work to identify the source of it, it's hard to make changes. Um, right. Cause you're constantly guessing and based on the work I like to do, it's identifying what it was in your childhood. And it could have been different stages of childhood too, right? Like for me, there's things from when I was five and then there's things from when I was 10 or eight. So there's things that happened along the way. And to your point, I took on this role of, and it could be someone who says, I don't care, or, or you just uh, create the space of, uh, you put up walls to protect yourself at that point in your life. That is what you needed then yeah. uh, to survive or, or just get through, but it's not what you need today, right? And, and it's, again, going back to the whole thing I said earlier is being able to have forgiveness and grace for yourself that, you know, at that point in your life, yeah, that's who you needed to be, yeah. but it's okay to accept it, forgive yourself and, and take that responsibility of, how do you want to be today? <laughs> it's, I think that at the very beginning of this, for me, that was my biggest challenge mm-hmm. was forgiving myself. Anytime that I had gone through something in my life where I'm like, oh, How could you have been so dumb? How did you let that happen? All that really icky self-talk. It was the hardest for me to forgive because I had this understanding that I was the only person protecting me. And somehow innately, I knew this. And because I allowed something to happen, even though it was somebody else's actions, I allowed this to happen to me. How could I? I failed myself. And that was some of the incidences in my life that just took me forever. And there are still some things where it's still a sore spot. I still need to be careful and tread lightly when I'm, you know, working through things. I still have trauma responses to certain situations as well. And I mean, it's not overrated type of things now, because I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I start to recognize where it's like, Oh, I I feel that feeling in my body or, Oh, I see that emotion coming up or I'm really jumpy about something. And it's like, okay, I see it coming. So I'm like super proud of that progress, but the effects are still there. 
course. There's no, like we were saying earlier, there's no perfection to this. There's no, you know, easy overnight flick of the switch for any of this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No. And I mean, there's scars, right? They, they'll always be there. Um, it's, it's all about how you choose to deal with it. And, um, again, it's ultimately it's your responsibility. Right. And for me, going back, I feel like we're going full circle here, uh, being in the victim chair, right. Um, you're, you're like, Oh, you know, it's, it's this person's fault or that person's fault. And yeah, again, it's easy, easy to sit in that victim chair. But for me, like I, um, I talk about getting humbled a lot and, um, you know, sometimes you need to hit rock bottom or, or get your ass kicked in life um, and learn at some point if you want to, or you can continue to get your ass kicked and, and always wonder why it's happening. Um, but yeah, it was that humbling moment in life where I was like, okay, well, I could sit here and blame the world and blame my parents and blame circumstances in life. Or I could say, well, why, what am I doing to manifest this in my life and how can I change this? Cause ultimately I can change yes. uh, what I manifest in my life. And, uh, and the humbling part was recognizing that, okay, I've been doing all these things all along and inflating my ego mm-hmm. and it hasn't been working. <laughs> so it's accepting that, okay, you know, uh, I'm at a point where either I pivot mm-hmm. or I continue to like go down this path of just falling on my face and not learn. Yeah. From it. yeah. So good. So good. Yeah. My, my ego was a bit of a little, she was a little trickster. <laughs> <laughs> she was a little yeah. trickster. She liked to, uh, kind of step in real quickly and rattle my emotions and really yeah. kind of like, no, you're not, you're not angry enough about this, mm-hmm. get angrier. So I totally appreciate that, that intro. <laughs> um, and yeah, the coming again, coming full circle with, you know, sitting in the victim seat. I love that there is a recognition of it's up to me now. Yeah. I have to do what I have to do. I still think that there is, there is this part of me that still, there's this essential part of kind of figuring out what it is to be the victim and to sit in that seat. Cause some people go through it and just stay stuck in it. Mm-hmm. I think it's essential to figure it out and really feel it and be like, Oh yeah, I was doing, I was doing that. You know, yeah. I did that. I, yeah. And um, then realizing that, Oh, wait a minute. I have the power to just get up and change my seat. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's journey is different. Like some yeah. people, it takes forever. <laughs> <laughs> right. And yeah. I still see people sitting in their victim chairs and I'm just like, Matt, I really hope one day you're able to get up. Right. And that's my hope for them because I, I hate why well, hate's a strong word, but I, 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 it sucks to see someone suffering and no, after you've gone through it yourself, you're like, Matt, it's, it's okay. Just, it's time to get up and, and, you know, take your power back. And, uh, um, 
yeah, you know, everyone has their journey. Some people learn early in life. Some people learn after going through certain life-changing situations. And some people, unfortunately, it takes them a lot longer uh, if they ever get there. Uh, but that's, again, it, it boils down to, you know, again, uh, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but uh, what kind of, how do you want to be remembered? And that was the question I had to ask myself, especially after my son was born. Um, it was redefining my purpose in life Oof. and uh, recognizing, okay, well, you know, now I have a child in this world and how am I contributing to this world? How am I making this a better place for him? What are the things I need to do? And, and that kind of started the journey for me. Yeah, that that was a, a big one. Of course, going through a divorce and all of that, that's kind of where everything started to uh, clear up for me, mm-hmm. I'm going to mm-hmm. say. Um and don't get me wrong, I'm my my ex and I are in a very good place now. We're good mm-hmm. friends and great co-parents. Uh, we just weren't meant to be together. Mm-hmm. And um, the the idea of bringing it back, the idea of that that legacy, and how do you want to be remembered? Your your son is eight right now, mm-hmm. so I'll give you like a tiny little peek into what 18 looks like. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that you are on a, on a great path because you're already thinking of that now. Mm -hmm. It took me having a kid already before I realized that, Oh, something's got to be tweaked here. Because when your oldest child, like when my oldest child came to me and held a mirror up and said, this is my trauma, it sunk in that I was so tough and I was definitely in ego and sitting in my victim seat of this happened to me because of this and realizing that in my life, I caused a trauma to somebody else and that somebody else was one of my own children was the very quick, okay, this needs to change. I, I, it's gotta be quick too. Like, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying like, oh, go, you know, speed yourself through a journey and, and go for the quick fixes. But it was what I meant by that is, I have to get off my ass now and actually do some work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I need, I need to get, yeah, I need to get cracking because yeah. we have two more kids. And the last thing that I want is to go through that same conversation <laughs> two more times with two more of my children saying, here's the trauma that you, <laughs> you caused. Yeah. So I love the legacy idea and, mm-hmm. and having that as a constant reminder is, is fantastic. I'm walking away with a golden one today. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and, and, you know, I agree. Like, I think for me, it was going through a divorce too. And initially it was really easy sitting in the victim chair being like, oh my God, like this person was terrible to me. And like, she, you know, she's doing terrible things right now. And, 
And after a while, I started getting old. It was like, okay, well, you know, is this going to be my narrative for the rest of my life that, oh, I, I got screwed over or whatever from my perspective. Um, but until I didn't sit there and be like, okay, what is the role I played, right? Like, what was my role in this? And again, having those humbling moments of recognizing that, oh shit, like I played an equal part. I was an equal participant. Um, it wasn't like I was a background actor in this movie. No, I was one of the lead actors. <laughs> so what was my role? And, and that's when I started really coming to the hard truths of, okay, well, my ego was very, very toxic in this. And where did it start? And then starting to do that whole deep dive on, okay, well, this is why I behave this way. And it started at this point in my life. And now what can I do about it? And eventually, you know, you start healing those parts. And uh, yeah, like I, I, I'm super grateful for being able to go through that uh, experience in life and, and go on that journey. And my message to people is it never ends. You know, you, you feel like you've uh, healed something um, and you're like, oh, this is great. I can move on now. And then boom, something else happens. And you're like, oh, what happened here? Yeah. Let's let's get curious again. And, and that's what I enjoy is um, having that curiosity and, and having those deep dive moments so you can heal another part of yourself yeah that i it's like the peaks and valleys of it of this whole journey right like that yeah that student that student when you're down here in the in the valley and then you got that moment of mastery and then student and then mastery and it's like i think that it goes that way because can you imagine trying to master all of that at once <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, something that really resonated for me is uh, I was listening to this Will Smith podcast. He was uh, with uh, Jay Shetty and he put it so eloquently. He said, life is a classroom. And the yeah. second you accept that things will, <laughs> things will be a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. I have loved this conversation and I think that we can probably do like another five episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I definitely want to be mindful of your time. And um, I would love to know if there's anything else that you want to share. Like, what are you doing? How can people find you? What are your, your, your handles, your websites, your services? Let, let everybody know what to do how to reach you and what you're doing yeah yeah no uh absolutely like i'm primarily available on instagram uh that's where people can find me uh so my instagram handle is unoya zen so it's e-u-n-o-i-a-z-e-n and you know <laughs> it's funny a lot of people have started asking me well okay why that name and uh i think when i was trying to figure out okay how do i want to like market myself because at the end of the day it's a business uh, Unoya is a beautiful mind mm. and uh, for me I think going through all this work it's all about our mindset and if we can create that beauty in our mind 
whatever it looks like, you can find that Zen, that peace in your entire body because it's, it all starts with the mind and then it, it translates through your body. So that's kind of, that was kind of the, <clears throat> the inspiration behind that. But uh, on Instagram at, you know, as uh, my podcast is called easy conversations. So EZ conversations. Um, yeah, the, those are the best ways to find me. And uh, if anyone ever wants to chat or have a nerd out session like this one, I'm always down. Uh, I enjoy having these discussions. But uh, <clears throat> the, the, the message I do want to share is, you know, just be kind to yourself. Uh, I know it's easier said than done, but we're all figuring it out. I don't, I've yet to met a, meet a person who's got it figured out. And in fact, if they claim they do, then they're probably, <laughs> they're not even close. <laughs> so have that awareness. Uh, you know, we all have triggers. We all have stuff we're dealing with and, and it takes time. But uh, yeah, you, like I said earlier, uh, your, your goal shouldn't be perfection. Yes. 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 I love it. Like for me, it's like my goal is simply emotional freedom. Like it's it's my tagline. It's what I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah, 100%. To, to be able to feel all the emotions that I have, you know, the, the soul, <laughs> the right to feel and not having it control my life my actions and all of that so I love this conversation this was so so great so thank you so much for doing this with me I can't wait I would love to do more and and definitely uh discover different topics because we we definitely resonate we have a lot in common as far as our our coaching styles and and all of that. So I loved this conversation. It was fantastic. Yeah. So thank you so much. You're welcome. And thank you for having me on here and giving me the opportunity to, to talk. <laughs> uh, I appreciate that. So thanks. So thank you guys all so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. A special thank you to my guest, Firkin. And of course, to all of you guys who spend your time here, you're choosing to spend your time listening to us chatter. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. The time you spend here with us, I can never give back. And I really, really do appreciate it. I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your day. Stay safe and find your freedom. (laughs) We'll chat soon.